The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. Mike, who's uh, a little bit under the weather, so uh, unfortunately you'll be hearing more of me this week. And uh, we're going to talk about the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Starting off as we always do with Stock Up, Stock Down. Stock Up, Stock Down. Yeah, Joel, <laughs> the, the cough here is... It's quite bad. So enjoy Joel's silky smooth voice today because you ain't you ain't getting much of mine. But Joel, let's start with a rare stock down. <laughs> I texted you, Joel, during this segment. Who does the inner circle American top team feud help? Yeah, and I, I think the answer to that is, is <laughs> no one. Um, <laughs> it, it certainly doesn't help my enjoyment as a viewer. Um I was really, really bored during this segment. I thought the only interesting thing uh, and the only positive thing that really came out of this was uh, Paige Van Zant on the mic because who knew she can cut a promo. I thought she was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And the rest of it was all just bluster and bullshit that didn't advance the story or really do much of anything to you know make me feel good about what's going on so uh and and then of course as one would predict because it involved chris jericho and a woman it devolved into eighth grade sex jokes so (laughs) you know yeah i'm any of the goodwill that jericho had gotten from me with his you know mjf feud and everything there that i really liked is just completely gone and i'm ready for him to retire and go away um and I do mean yeah. go away, like not get on commentary <laughs> and, and be a commentator because I, you know, I, I really don't want that either. Um, so I, I think the moral of the story is no matter what happens here, I'm probably not going to be happy. Yeah. And and I have two things from this segment up on top of everything you said. Man, the American Top Team promos when they first started out, when they feuded with like Sting and stuff, like it was it was good. Like I really liked what Dan Lambert brought to AEW. I really liked his promos and the heat that he got and how they were elevating the best men. Um, men but man, year. they really men of the year. Sorry. <laughs> it's close enough, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I just feel like all that's been lost. Like, I don't care about this story. I don't, I don't care about the men of the year. Like <laughs> the, the thing I loved, you know, was what they were doing. And then, Ethan Page's match with Sam McVar last week, and then just this was just crap. And we knew we knew that this loophole was to this this stipulation was to get Dan Lambert in a match. We knew it. Like like we knew that last week, and it we didn't need for every person in the inner circle to talk to get us to that point. We knew it. Just do the big reveal, have Dan Lambert freak out, and whatever. And then, and and then I did too, I did really enjoy Dan Lambert's reaction. You know, you mentioned oh, his yeah. <laughs> his freak out and. His performance, I thought, was really strong. The kind of like eyes lighting up as he realizes what's about to happen. Uh And then the oversized hissy fit, uh, I I thought was really good. I think the only way that this comes to a resolution that would be at all satisfying is if through some kind of chicanery, Dan Lambert ends up getting the pinfall on Chris Jericho. Like that would be 
fantastic. But un- unfortunately, I-, I don't think that's likely to happen because Jericho has been pretty well protected. I think it's far more likely that the inner circle does lose. It'll be somebody like uh, Ortiz or Jake Hager taking the pinfall. Um, the only person who I think it makes logical sense to get the win would be Scorpio Sky over Chris Jericho because, you know, then he's getting his third pinfall victory over Jericho, which kind of adds to his mystique and I think could end up elevating him coming out of this. But the inner circle doesn't need to be elevated at all. So if they win, this entire feud and storyline is complete and utter failure. I don't think the involvement of these kind of B-tier UFC stars is doing anything to draw eyes to AEW that aren't already there. And as we've talked about before, wrestling fans want to see wrestling, not MMA. The crossover isn't as big as everyone seems to think it is. I think because a lot of professional wrestlers are into MMA, they assume that fans are also into MMA. But I I don't think that crossover is actually that big. And we've seen that demonstrated by MMA not getting a ratings boost by being positioned on television next to pro wrestling to where like pro wrestling is leading into to MMA shows like wrestling fans tune in for the wrestling and then they tune out. And, and that's true pretty much across the board. I mean, that's been one of USA networks, big things with the other wrestling company is no matter what you put on before and after pro wrestling, it doesn't get a ratings boost from it because wrestling fans tune out. We're there for our thing and then we're gone. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're here for a weird little slice of two hours and like, that's it. And it's like, it'd be different if they was like, they were trying like with the round of Rousey and the other wrestling company. It's like, wow, this is a really recognizable name. This is like, like junior Dos Santos hasn't really been relevant for what? Like nine years, eight years in mixed martial arts. Dude, I don't even know. But what I do know is that, (laughs) you know, Cain Velasquez was a bigger name when he showed up in the other wrestling company. Like none of these people have the kind of profile. I mean, Paige Van Zandt is probably the biggest star out of this group in terms of mainstream appeal. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there are no women in the inner circle. So there's not really much for her to do here because there's no intergender wrestling on uh, AEW television. So also another thing that's fucking stupid this is a no disqualification street fight. What does it matter who they pick? The other members of American Top Team could just fucking fight. Like, yeah, there's there's like, a lot of logic problems going on here. And like Paige could probably get involved with this match, and she probably will get involved and do a spot or something because there's no rule against it. So yeah, this is. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, I, I I don't think we really need to say anything else about this other than. This well, whole I got... segment took me out of the show and it took like several segments for me to like get locked yeah. back in afterwards. I, I got one one last thing, Joel, and I know we both think the answer, not even a question, but AEW doesn't need Jericho anymore. Like they needed him for their debut, for the crossover appeal to give them a big name. That's why he was the first champion. That's why he main evented their what first three or four pay-per-views. Like and he's had a prominent role. They have CM Punk and Brian Danielson for because like Jericho is a wrestling crossover appeal. They need to get WWE fans to watch. I'm sorry, we have CM Punk and Brian fucking Danielson. 
Why are we holding on to this dude? Well, I mean, I think once again, we're kind of in the minority in terms of people being into Jericho. There's this like cult-like following that he has. It's really bizarre, but you know, like if, if we had broader reach as a podcast, I'm sure we'd be getting lots of nasty comments from people about being critical of Jericho because that's what happens. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like I was a huge fan back when he was good, um, but he's not good anymore. And he's his promos are tired and boring. He's not funny. Uh, I'm beginning to think that all of the good stuff that he's done in AEW has had more to do with the other people who were involved, like MJF, mm-hmm. than they do with Orange Jericho. Cassidy, yeah. Because like, it, it it's it's all bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you 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 put up with some of the the childish stuff if he was still delivering in other aspects, you know. And it's just not. It's not working for me. And you know what? Maybe with him and his cult like following, maybe he'll run for president of Canada, prime minister of Canada someday, and just leave us alone. So, all right, Joel, do you have something positive from last night's show you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Um... One of my favorite matches that we've had on AEW in a while, which was Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol against FTR. Really, really fun stuff. Um, There was a lot to like about this match. I thought they did a lot to make it feel different from Mm -hmm. AEW matches that are, you know, for lack of a better term, in the AEW tag division in terms of the title. This was very much a AAA style match. And complete mm-hmm. with Aerostar almost dying. Um, that is a regular occurrence <laughs> in Aerostar matches. Don't worry, he's fine. Almost landing on his head is a requirement. So um, th- I-, I thought this was really fun. It was super cool to see Samurai Del Sol, formerly Kalisto, uh, getting treated, you know, well. Like a big <laughs> deal. Like a big deal. he's really freaking good and getting to see him do some really cool spots in a high profile match with the tag team champions. Well, I guess former AEW tag team champions, current Mm -hmm. triple a tag team champions uh, was cool. And I like this, the way that they're kind of building up towards a match with uh, the Lucha bros at full gear not by interacting directly with the Lucha Bros, but by flaunting like, oh, hey, we can do Lucha stuff too. Like we can beat you at your own game, which of course they can't. Uh, (laughs) But it's still a fun and interesting storyline that's a little bit different from what we typically see. So I I like the innovations in this feud and in the storytelling. And I'm really looking forward to the rematch at Full Gear. I think it's going to be great. You know what? Uh, you know what this story reminds me of. What's it, that? It reminds me. Of, it reminds me of when Vince McMahon won the ECW Championship, when they brought back the brand, and I was like, "Hey, look at me! I'm the ECW champion!" Like, it's like you're not hardcore, Vince. You've never been hardcore, and FTR would never be Luchadors. Um, but I like how they've changed their music to kind of fit a Luchador style. And they were wearing one United States flag knee pad and one Mexican flag knee pad. I thought that was really cool and subtle. Um, So yeah, this is just really good. Um, That match with the Lucha Bros will be amazing. I 
fully expect the Lucha Bros to retain, but not a not a bad first championship story to put your new AW champions into here with uh, FTR. And um, we're having some kind of like cross story, you know, stuff here with FTR being involved with uh, um, the Cody Rhodes Andrade match later in the night. Uh, then you also had Darby Allen watching their match, uh, the FTR's match uh, earlier in the night. So just kind of some weird cross story stuff here. And uh, Cody tweeted, I, I guess I shouldn't have started that FTR stuff a few years ago. <laughs> Which, really yeah, funny. it's um, <laughs> it's it's interesting kind of seeing um, this tangled web of, of storylines, because, of course, you know, FTR. Um, was involved with the um the cody stuff because of andrade el idolo and he got them involved because of his rejection at the hands of the lucha bros so as the chief rivals to the lucha bros they've fallen into the employ of andrade which then puts them against cody so it all makes sense and it's all part of this larger map it kind of reminds me of comic books you know it if you're not following it, if you're not paying attention, picking up an issue of a comic book makes no sense at all whatsoever. Like you can read it and sure, there may be a a self-contained storyline, but you need so much background knowledge and you've got these little panels in the corner that are like, see issue 144 of the amazing Spider-Man. And it's like, oh, if I haven't read that, I don't understand this reference. And that's kind of how this big overarching feud with FDR and the Lucha Bros and Cody and Andrade and everything else fitting together feels. So um, I, I like it. And I'm interested to see like how much this integration continues. Like how long are FTR going to be doing the bidding of Andrade? And how does that affect their involvement with the pinnacle? Like, cause that could be an interesting storyline as well. If, you know, maybe MJF and Wardlow and Sean Spears get beat up because FTR aren't there to make the save because they're too busy, you know, messing around with Cody. So, you know, there's there's a lot that can be going on here. And then, you know, Darby Allen, of course, is involved because of the Pinnacle stuff and his feud with MJF. So it's all, you know, it makes sense if you step back a little bit and look at the bigger picture. Yeah, it, it's it's um, it's kind of uh, I kind of just hope it leads to Cody MJF again somehow. That's a story that we they could keep telling for the rest of the time, and it, the matches would be great, and the story would be great. So, they will get back to that at some point. So, all right, Joel, anything else to say about this before we touch on one more thing here and stock up, stock down? Now, what else you got for me? Well, I just wanted to talk about kind of I sad. You know, we we all know the news of John Moxley. Uh, going into an in-treatment alcohol uh, program. But I just kind of like how AEW handled it from Tony Khan's announcement on Twitter on Tuesday night, kind of, hey, I have permission from him. I'm going to tell you what. And we we love and support him, and we're going to be here for him, and we'll be here for him when he gets back. To CM Punk's promo, basically saying, you don't get to criticize John Moxley right now. Um, you know, I've been in that same position, and it sucks. You know, like, I just I just liked how they handled it. And when you compare that to like, there's been some players in the NFL who have stepped away from the game for personal mental health issues. And there've been some pretty bad commentary, some from some people around the sport. So 
I just wanted to say a good job by AW and how they handled that. Yeah, I think it's indicative of a larger cultural shift in in a positive way of like recognizing that when you need help, uh, when you're hurting, when you're suffering, when you're engaging in behavior that's self-destructive, you know, you need to to reach out and get that. And I, I really liked the way that we got that from CM Punk's promo. But I also think the promo, it didn't feel like a PSA, you know, because he was able to tie it into his feud with Eddie Kingston and talk about, I'm going to talk about two people here that aren't here tonight, right? And one of them is for a good reason, and then one of them not so much. And I I really dug the way he set up from the very beginning, okay, we know Moxley is going to be one of the people that he talks about, and probably Eddie Kingston is going to be the other one because that's who he's feuding with. But it went from being a segment where a lot of times when someone goes out to talk about a more serious topic, it just feels like, okay, you were the designated person from the locker room who got to go out and address this thing. And it changed that into, this felt like a really natural thing that was just a part of the wrestling show that I was watching. So, you know, while it could have taken us out of the moment or been like, okay, good, this is heartwarming, but doesn't really feel like it fits in my wrestling show into something that was seamless and felt, you know, if anything more genuine because of it. All right, buddy, you ready for a lightning round? Let's do it. Lightning round. All right. First thing I want to talk about Joel was kind of that, uh, impromptu brawl between Christian, um, Jurassic express and, is it the super click? Yes. That, am I getting, it's the super elite when Kenny's involved, right? Yes. I don't, and, and it's just the elite when it's Kenny and the bucks. I <laughs> too many names, but complicated. <laughs> um, but this was, this was wild. I, it, we thought it was just going to be a generic backstage interview. <laughs> then Christian shows up, they start fighting. Then uh, Luchasaurus shows up and then, they got like the best camera angle of um, Jungle Boy flipping onto everyone, and this was good. Like we, I kind of forgot that they laid the beat down on the good guys a few weeks ago, um, and they haven't gotten their payback yet. So, um, just a lot, a lot of spots here in this little segment, and hopefully this leads to another six man tag, or you know something at at full gear because I don't think all, any of these six guys are are signed up for anything yet they're not booked so yeah this was fun and like you said i enjoyed how it evolved you know when christian first shows up matt jackson is like oh you better you better clear out you know if it's a fight you're (laughs) looking for we'll beat your ass but you know you're outnumbered here and then luchasaurus shows up and he's like hey you know we're, we're not really looking for a fight tonight you know and then of course it devolves and and jungle boy gets involved as well uh but this was this is a fun feud and I think it's been a, a cool way to keep uh, Adam Cole and jungle boy connected uh, because like, that's a rematch that I think we all would really like to see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we don't want to see them just going out and cutting promos at each other because that gets old and boring and tired. So by turning it into the super click and, um, this larger grouping of uh you know 
um, Jungle Boy and Friends, it's um, it made it a little bit more interesting and have a different flavor from what else is going on on the show right now. I also want to say, we always talk about how like Charlotte Flair looks way better in street clothes, like more intimidating. Jungle Boy looks way tougher in street clothes. Like well, he just, I mean, the jacket makes him look literally twice his size. So, <laughs> you know, that makes a difference too. Uh, so a match that I really enjoyed from this card was Anna Jay and Jamie Hayter. Uh, Jamie Hayter is somebody that uh, we haven't seen a ton of matches from. So every time we get to see her in the ring, that's cool. And she got a big win here. I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, Anna Jay being a little bit higher profile would be uh, moving on. But uh, yeah, Jamie Hader looked great in this match. And uh, I'm interested to see what she does throughout the rest of this tournament. Yeah, yeah, I think they said, what is it? Um, I should have the bracket up in front of me, but is it? Uh, I, I think the Rosa and Jamie Hader is the next round. I think that's um, correct. So that should be fun. I also like Tay Conti coming out here because. Haters, you know, with <coughs> Britt Baker and Conti's the number one contender. So it all made sense. I dug it. Um, something I want to talk about, Joel. <coughs> Obviously, uh, Moxie wasn't competing tonight, so they needed a replacement. And they brought back Miro, who hasn't really, other than the, the video packages, hasn't been seen since he lost the <coughs> TNT Championship to Sammy. And I, I love his little... Christ is the face story. I love him basically saying tonight, God's going to have to ask me for my forgiveness. Um, I thought that was really good. And this match was really great. I I think they've wrestled before, right? Mira Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. With the whole mm-hmm. Kip Sabian uh, video game feud they had earlier. Yes. Uh, this year. So I, just really, they work well together. He can really throw Orange Cassidy around. Um, it made sense for me to get the championship and... Danielson Miro at eight at full gear is gonna be like I was excited for what seems like Moxley Danielson. I think I'm just excited for Miro Danielson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seeing these two go at it with the way that Danielson's been working lately and the incredible violence and viciousness that he's been competing with. And that's also, you know, essentially what we've seen from Miro since he debuted in AEW. So that's going to be probably the hardest hitting match on the card for full gear. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing these two in an AEW ring. One last thing on this too. Uh, unless something changes, it doesn't look like orange Cassidy is going to be on the main card, uh, which is, which is a bummer. <laughs> he hasn't, he wasn't on a all out either. So he hasn't been on a pay-per-view since his championship match in, in June. So Keep Orange Cassidy on my TV, AW. Let's let's do more of that, okay? <laughs> well, I think it's tough because the best friends have had so many injuries and setbacks. Yeah. So, you know, when when your faction isn't at full strength, it kind of takes away from what you're able to do uh, within the current structure of AEW. Not a whole lot of lone wolves running around uh, in this company. So... Uh, Something else that I really enjoyed was the opening match. Our world champion was in action and we're, you know, just now getting into it late in the show. Uh, but Kenny Omega had a great match, a rematch with Alan Angels, who 
you know, really, really early on um, had a high profile match. I think before he was even a member of the Dark Order, he had this high profile match with Kenny Omega that kind of stole the show and tore the house down. And I, I think these two had the best match of the night. Uh, I personally loved the tag match. That was my favorite match. But I think this match was objectively like the the best off of this show. Um, really good stuff. Uh, it seemed like it was going to end early with Angels just getting the trash beaten out of him. And then he, you know, kind of got the hero spot and got to have a big rally and comeback. Of course, eventually succumbing to V-Trigger after V-Trigger after V-Trigger um, and, you know, suffering a, a most violent fate. But it was good. And it set up Adam Page coming out and making the save so that Alan Angels didn't get demolished by a one-winged angel onto a chair. Um, but this was a really fun and enjoyable way to start off Dynamite. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this title match. We've been wanting it for, God, so long. Um, yeah, so I, I think... I, well, I texted you yesterday about this match, about how just deep this roster is. Like, up and down the card, you have people who can work at a high, high level. Like, Alan Angels isn't a star by any means, superstar. Um, but you can just walk in there and put on a really good match with one of the best in the world. Like, I just, yeah, they have a, they have a great thing going in. AEW <laughs> is good, is is what I'm trying to say, Joel. <laughs> um, uh, let, let's, let's move on to our next lightning round topic. And um, I'm really liking this Leo Rush-Dante um, Martin combo. Uh I really like that promo back that that interview segment backstage with uh, Matt Seidel and your boy Lee Moriarty. Meet Moriarty. Meet Moriarty. <laughs> you went all boss in there, Moriarty. Uh, oh, Moriarty. Yeah, I've lived here too long. It's, it's finally happened now. Um, really like that. I uh, think that match will be great. And um, this is I'm, I'm really curious of where they're going here with Dante Martin and Leo Rush. It's just such a a great pairing. You know, Leo Rush, his role as Bobby Lashley's manager and WWE kind of helped push Lashley up to parts of the card he's never been on. Like, you know, um, it really helped. And he's just such a talent that, uh, you know, of all the people they could have paired him up with to say, hey, we want you to help Dante Martin. I think it's just awesome. So this is just good. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, Top Flight was being featured a ton before Darius Martin got injured. Hopefully he'll be back soon. He's been out for a while. And then, you know, they paired him with Matt Seidel. And this match was supposed to be uh, Matt and Mike Seidel against Leo Rush and Dante Martin. But Mike Seidel is injured. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got one brother down out of each pairing. And so now they've uh, pulled in a couple of different people to fill in and, and make what's a really intriguing match. You know, there are four excellent excellent workers in this mm-hmm. tag team match and uh the only question is going to be you know what's the chemistry like we haven't seen leo rush tag with dante martin and we haven't seen lee moriarty tag with matt seidel so it'll be interesting to see what they put together but i can't imagine that these four don't come up with something really really creative and interesting yep yep all right joe you got anything else uh, I don't think so. I mean, this was a, a fun episode um, and I, there's other things I could talk about, but nothing else that I'm kind of itching to. And I know we've got to keep this short so your head doesn't explode. <laughs> can, can you help me with one last thing? 
Malachi's black promo referencing Caesar and it wasn't just Marcus that betrayed him. Has anyone betrayed Cody in this story? Or, or am I just is it, am I just a Yankee Doodle and this this just going over my head? Um, I mean, Arn kind of walked out on him briefly, but um, he came back. <laughs> I think the point was that at the end of the day, more than one knife is going to be in Cody's back. All right. Okay. I'm just chalking up as a Yankee Doodle then. <laughs> hey, Joel, you wanna you wanna do our. Uh, End of show recap for the first time ever. Oh yeah, sure. We'll we'll, we'll give it a shot. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) thanks for living it, living, listening. (laughs) See, I can't do it either. Uh, You should just have this recorded so you can insert it every time. Uh, If you like the show, support the show. uh, Tell a friend, uh, like us on Twitter, uh, follow us. You can follow the the show at OWS underscore pod. You can follow me at the other Joel. You can follow Mike at Michael underscore Aranda. Uh, All of this is in the show notes. So, you know, I'm not sure why I have to do this right now. Uh, You can (laughs) email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. I think we're leaving Facebook, so don't follow us there. Um, and yeah, that's it really. Um, it's for the tradition, Joel. Come on. Don't you it's tradition? I zone out during this. So I don't, <laughs> I know you, you know, I don't know. The exactly video on. I see you looking at your phone. I see you like cleaning up your desk, putting your notes away. I know. I'm, I know. I'm just waiting for the part where I lean into the mic and say, join the dark order. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week to preview full gear and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye everyone. Remember everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline and happy wrestling. So I think what it is, is it's